I'm going to read a selected passage. I'm going to read Psalm 22, verses 1 to 18. I mean, one of the things that I've been reflecting on the last few days reading through this passage is what must have been going through Jesus' mind when this scripture was read in the synagogues. And to me, it was just really profound to think through that he knew his purpose and his calling, and yet he was obedient to the cross. And so for me, that's been um, really profound and really humbling um, to just reflect on. So here's Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me and they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you in my mother's at my mother's breasts. On you I was cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Basham surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet, I can count all my bones." They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Uh, happy Good Friday. When I survey the
This selected reading comes from Isaiah 53, 1 through 12. It is the prophet Isaiah telling us about the suffering servant who is to come and what he must go through. What I find amazing is that this prophecy was given 700 years before the life of Christ and 400 years before crucifixion was even developed as a means of execution. And yet we read in detail about the life of Christ and we hear the, the fulfillment of this when we read the New Testament and we'll hear in the, in the book of Luke later. And so listen to the word of the Lord as Isaiah wrote in 700 BC about the suffering servant. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sins of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. This is the word of the Lord. Even 
reading from Luke 23, 26 through 49, and I will read about the crucifixion and the death of Jesus. And they led him away. They seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. 
And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There, were, there was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. When the Son of God hung upon the cross on that Good Friday, darkness returned to the earth. In this darkness, the Son of God was offering himself as a sacrifice and a substitute for our sins. In this darkness, it wasn't the earth that was without form, but the Son of God himself, who, as the prophet Isaiah said, had no form or beauty or majesty that we should behold him. That as he hung there on the cross, even those who would have known him and recognized his appearance would no longer have recognized him. That so great was his suffering on that day for us that he died before evening fell. And so in a miraculous and mysterious way, darkness came early. As the Son of God, in his love for us, was in fact recreating 
the heavens and the earth. Starting on that day, the process by which all of us who will one day face the darkness of death could do so with the hope and the assurance of waking up into a resurrected experience where our own bodies would be restored, where heaven and earth itself would be made new, never to suffer the consequences of sin and death and disease again. And for us to have the hope to open our eyes on that day and see all things bright and beautiful, our Savior had to experience the darkness and the formlessness of the cross. It's our prayer that on this Good Friday, as you reflect upon how great our Savior's love is for you, that you would come to a deeper understanding and appreciation that would cause you in faith to place your trust in Him. That He experienced the darkness for you so that you would not have to experience darkness forever. And that you would hear in His words on the cross to the thief that was next to Him that today you can be in paradise that this Good Friday could be for you the day that you hear those words of assurance from our Savior to your heart that from this day forward you can know that because of his sacrifice for you a bright and glorious and perfect paradise will be yours. He holds all things, all things, all things together.